Captain Adam. How are you? That you? It is. Back it is me. in yeah. the saddle again. Back in action. Back in the saddle again. I'm here in beautiful West Palm Beach, Florida, in treatment. And I'll have you know, even in paradise, you can still have all the feels, you know? <laughs> you don't just go they don't just go away because it's beautiful. <laughs> uh breaking news, folks, to all of our listeners. You have feelings on <laughs> in warm places. I can't escape myself. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) That should be a title of your book. How did you, how did you know? (laughs) Well, and I'll have you know know, just a couple things. You know, I'm in, in a program with, you know, there's other guys that live here. And I, I asked them if they could lower the TV a little bit because I'm telling them, you know, I'm recording a podcast. And I think the, the TV, the television is going to come through, you know, the recording. So I, I prefer that, you know, that wasn't, you know, that didn't happen. And they lowered it a little bit. But I think little by slow, they keep on raising it again. So just a warning, the TV might come, you know, the television may come through a little bit. And... I'll have you know, I, I'm I'm sitting in my room in the dark, recording this <laughs> because because I'm gonna tell you why because I can't figure out how to stop the ceiling fan <laughs> from, from going with the light on. Mm-hmm. I can only I can only get the f- ceiling fan to stop if the light in the room is off, which is and considered I, the power source. <laughs> Right. I, I mean, I dilly-dallied with it for solid 10 minutes, and then I saw your <clears throat> your request to for me to come on, and you know how I hate holding you up. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling, feelings mutual. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, oh, I dropped for a second. Yeah, yeah. Well... Okay. Um, so it's a it's a wall switch along with a cord on the you know a string on the light. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you're describing ceiling fans to the audience. Well, I just want people to know what I what I just went through. You know, I was trying to do. So <laughs> So the audience hasn't heard your voice in Four weeks, three weeks, and I was forced to, with permission. I think I want to. I want to talk about that a little bit in our intro of the return of Adam. Hey, can uh, can you talk for like a minute while I fix something on 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 the recording here? The ceiling ceiling fan. It has nothing to do with the ceiling fan, I promise. Just over that ceiling fan. Okay. Yeah, just, I got to do something, but just give me a minute. I'll, I'll be back on in a minute. Okay. So, no, no, no I'm not even going to risk it. I'm not even going to risk it because I, yeah, just stay right. focused. Just, you know, stay present. So, I would like you to share a little bit 
not only just obviously, you know, what's kind of transpired and, you know, why you're no longer in the kind of, you know, mass New Hampshire area, but I always felt like you and I communicated after your relapse, um, you know, and I had your full permission to have a co-host on, you know, which I had on last week, which is our mutual friend, former co-worker, Mandy. Um, I heard I'm, that, I, by the way. Great. I heard it. I listened to it through and it was fantastic. Thank you, Mandy, for um, all those wonderful things that you said about me. Um, the feelings mutual. And I, I, um, I miss you a ton. Yeah. If she's listening, she may not be. She may never listen again. <laughs> no, she, 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 she's one of our, our regs for sure. All right. She, she, she's in it. But like you and I obviously spoke about kind of what the next steps are with the podcast. Obviously the podcast is you and I together. We both created it. We're both co-creators. So none of us, you know, neither of us have ownership solely of the, the whole thing. And I was felt in the back of my head as I was, you know, doing uh, the singular episode that I did in your absence. And then with Mandy, that others who listened to our podcast was, you know, were they looking down on me for like moving on or doing this like without you, you know, which is, you know, 50% of the show. Uh, so I know we, you and I spoke and I, I mentioned that. And if you can, you know, enlighten the audience of, you know, our understanding of what transpired in, in your absence. Well, I want to thank you for what a great job you did on that um, that episode that you did solo without me. I, I I walked into my, you know, I was an inpatient in, in Haverhill and <clears throat> my, my counselor there, who I'm pretty friendly with at this stage in the game, been seeing her for like two years going in and out of that place. And um, I walked into her office for a counseling session and she said, I think Bob Rose just dropped an episode. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, what? Oh, I did. Yeah, I gave him consent. Yeah. Can we listen? And me and my counselor listened to it as our session. And I'll tell you, it was, I found it very therapeutic to listen through it. And it brought up some stuff, some discussion for, for me and my counselor, some stuff that you were bringing up. Um, and, and we had some fun with the five controversies at the end playing with that. Like we thought it was funny that you were doing it by yourself. And then I had my counselor that to do it with, like I, I still had someone, <laughs> which was cool. Um, and I want to like, it was heavy, like listening to that. Um, Cause really like, <clears throat> I, fe I felt the love, man. Like I felt, I felt it, you know? Um, so I just want to say thank you for, for caring and the way that you do. Yeah, no, yeah, thank you for for that. And yeah, that that was, you know, it's 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 funny because like other people who hear your story, you know, they'll you know say stuff to me like on like through Facebook and you know even my you know my wife listens to it and you know she'll say stuff like I never knew that about Adam and oh my god and I was crying and I was so sad or whatever. Like I know your story enough that like it obviously moves me when you know you share your story, but like doing the episode alone and knowing your state was probably the hardest for me to do. Right. You know, um, 
yeah and, and you know the feeling is is, is mutual I, I care about you uh greatly uh i want you to be successful and it's funny you know and when you and i were talking about starting this podcast one of the conversations never came up is that if you relapse what do we do with the podcast <laughs> like honestly i was convinced that you know you were good i was convinced yeah. that you know like short of the apocalypse happening like nothing was going to take you down and so when it happened you know through th like this type of you know medium um uh, i was definitely shook and i was just like okay like you know what do we do with this and i was completely okay with obviously you know uh, you know the podcast kind of dissolving because you know you and i <laughs> you know, are not millionaires off of this podcast yeah yeah so the podcast uh, dissolving because adam was dissolving <laughs> <laughs> well again it was like i mean honestly like we never talked about like what right. if you relapse and what do we do with you know yeah. that type of stuff and so it well, obviously I came think, up yeah i think we were you know we were just focused in the moment a little you know and we you know when you take it a day at a time yeah. you know we're not, we're not thinking about me relapsing you know so yeah yeah uh, and um yeah so i guess um I, what I can remember is we were going, this is about, a, you know, a while. This is, um, I don't know, that when we were planning our, our last Monday. together. <clears throat> so how long ago was that? A month? Yeah, I, I think it was about four yeah. weeks ago. So about four weeks ago, I was I was feeling ill. I had like, I, like major allergies going on or something and wasn't feeling too, too well at all. And um I was like going back and forth with you on whether to record, record an episode or not. Cause I was really feeling that under. And I think we ended up scheduling it for like a couple days from then. We said, let's put it off. Well, hold on a second. Can, can you share with the audience how vain you are about your recording voice? You can share that part. <laughs> so, we went back and forth for a while. Like you had pushed it back, I think like a half an hour, an hour. Yeah. And I, you know, complied and you're like, Oh, my sinuses are acting up. And one of the things I remember was like, I don't think I'm going to sound good. <laughs> like you were so focused on like the sound. Oh my God. I don't think I'm going to come across, you know, good enough or whatever. I was like, don't worry about it. Like the audience doesn't care much about it, you know, whatever. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the last one was like, you know, you said, you know, you, you were not up to it. And so we had canceled it. I think we had scheduled it for, for Wednesday. I don't know if it was, a, it might have been the very next day, like a Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, but you could be right. It could, it could have been a Wednesday. And then. Just for yeah. the record, like, how does my voice sound right now? Pretty good. Yeah, fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so let me go back. So I, so. Yeah, I remember doing that, going back and forth. We rescheduled, but about two or three days prior to that, um, I had some stuff come up, like heavy stuff I was struggling with. I was sharing it with people. Um, I was in a rough place, though, just emotionally, mental health-wise, right? Um, but I started to obsess. I started to obsess about the drug, and I started to think what that attitude of, what's the sense anyways, what's the use of all this? Mm -hmm. 
you know, can I even stay clean even if this doesn't, you know, all doesn't make sense type of thing. And um, I was obsessing, obsessing. So that day that I was speaking with you about about rescheduling the, the, the episode, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I called my friend, I called my friend Anthony. I told him what was going on as yeah. far as what I was having trouble with, right? <laughs> Struggle. I'm pretty sure I mentioned it to you, but I can't guarantee that I did. I forget, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But I can guarantee you that day that I spoke with Anthony. I called my friend Drew and I spoke with him about what was going on, um, what I was struggling with. And then I went over my friend Robbie's. And that's when I was doing a lot of the the messaging with you. I was over my buddy Robbie's and um and <clears throat> I shared with him and his wife what I was struggling with. Mm-hmm. And you know, they both you know reaffirmed my recovery for me a little bit and you know gave me some encouragement, stay mm-hmm. the course. And what I didn't share with any of them is that not only was I struggling with something, but I was obsessing about the drug. Mm. So like when I think about it, like I didn't share like the, the real, the real deal is I didn't share the life or death piece to it. Right. Mm. Like I shared, Hey, I'm, this is heavy stuff. I'm going through having a lot of emotions around it, but nothing about, I want to fucking get high. I want to fucking, you know, go out there and just, you know, finish the job or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, like I said, I, I was feeling sick. So that wasn't, you know, it's a real thing that day. And I was over my friend Robbie's and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm not feeling well. I'm, I'm going to get out of here. And I left his, house at probably like six or six thirty, which usually I would stay there and record or record the episode over his at his right. play. Yeah. I've been doing. Right. And um so I left six six thirty. I start driving to downtown Lynn to a trap house. And, and what, what is a trap house to the to the common folk, Adam? So so trap house would be um a dealer is dealing like I look at it as mostly crack, but it could be anything, I guess. Yeah. But you know, deal is selling crack. I I would say crack because the main objective of the dealer and the owner of that home is to keep the crackhead in the house c- to continue to buy more. So like when you get there, the dealer will be like, "Are you going to use here?" They want to know. Because they're going to be getting your all your money if you are, and they're going to give you some extra on t- at first, just to you know sweeten the deal. Sweeten the deal, yeah. So like once once I'm sitting at the table, then once people start sitting down there at the, at the you know what they call the trap house, because you're literally just trapped there with crack. You know, you know, you get all the drugs you want, and you get the you know you got. Maybe someone else there, or whoever else is trapped there. Mm-hmm. Uh, other, other. Is that, is that a good description? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, go. I drive there. Drive to a trap house in Lynn that I know about. End up 
using and I'm sitting at I'm sitting at you know in this trap house and I end up sniffing a little bit of, of fentanyl and from and I've shared about this on here I <clears throat> like in the back of my mind whenever I use fentanyl there's a good possibility that I'm going to I'm going to go out I'm going to overdose so like I even asked I asked the pe I remember asking whoever was there you know, do you guys have Narcan? Because even though I'm going to do this tiny little little bit of fentanyl, there's a chance that I might still overdose. Sure enough, I'm I'm coming to, you know, out of an overdose, full, you know, just Narcan. I the 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 person that <clears throat> Narcan me also did this very hard sternum rub that I I um I literally just got over the like the markings of like a couple weeks ago. Mm. Um, and that's never you know that's never pretty coming out of overdose obviously but that doesn't that doesn't really deter an addict usually yeah and that's it um, yeah so stayed a few more hours at the trap house and said i need to get to boston need to go to mass ave need to get down there and um you know, so I I, pr I proceeded to take a trip to Boston, where you know where I usually go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. So I'm down there, and nothing. You know, nothing positive is obviously going on, and I'm using and doing like doing what I'm doing, and um, and never in is like short of like my my relapses are like when I go out, when I, when I go out and I've shared this before, the mentality is I'm never coming back to recovery. This is not like, it's not like, Oh, I'm going to go out and use for a little while. Yeah. No, it's like, no, this is it. I'm on the streets forever. And it, it, I don't know if I'm just, you know, I'm just not built for it or whatever. The reason is I'm just not able to, I find my, by grace, I find my way back into recovery. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I, I'll tell this, this brief story in it. Cause I feel like it's an, <clears throat> it's important piece. So I'm down in Boston. I'm, I, I'm out of, out of money, kind of out of hustle until like four in the morning when I can start panhandling again and then boosting. So I'm like kind of out of luck. And I call a friend of mine who lives in York, Maine, right? Mm. And he, so I call him up like, hey, I need to get off the streets. Um, do you think you can, you can grab me? Now, I wanted two things. I wanted to get off the streets for a bit, but I also wanted some money too, right? And um, so, like, do you think you can, you know, you can grab me? But I said, I just want to make this clear. I do not want to go into treatment. That's why I'm calling you because I know you won't, you probably won't pressure me to go into treatment. This is not what that's about. I just need to get off the streets for a little bit. Mm -hmm. he, he's like, okay, okay, yeah, I'll pick you up. I can be there in like hour and a half or two hours from York, York, Maine. I'm like, okay. And by the way, can you send me some money so and then I can, I can use while I'm waiting for you? And he sends me some money and I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, thank God. Right. <clears throat> and I, I go down, I, 
you know, I get the money out of the ATM and I get a bunch of stuff and I go down to this area where, where some of my, like on the streets there, like I have people that I'm closer with than other people, obviously. Right. You know, you have your kind of group. And I went to um, an area where some of my closer people um, were using. And so I went hung down there for an hour and a half, two hours until my, my buddy came and picked me up. We take the ride to York, back to his place. It's kind of isolated in Maine. And I, um, I had some fentanyl that I brought with me, even though he asked me not to bring any drugs. Still had to bring something. Um, that's a very risky thing to do because he doesn't have Narcan. And I overdose all the time. So that's. Is, is he a person in recovery? He's a person in recovery from alcohol. Alcohol is his sole thing that he does, that he likes. Uh-huh. He's probably about four, four months sober now, maybe. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, so I'm, I'm at his place. I'm doing a lit, like the tiniest thing of fentanyl, like a little, like little specks of fentanyl, you know? And um, so I'm doing that. The next day, he starts pressuring me to go into treatment. Mm. He's like, you need to go to treatment. I'm like, what What did I say? I don't want to go to treatment. You're pressuring me to go to treatment. That's not what this is about. I really appreciate you, you know, helping me out, get off the streets. But if this is how it's going to be, like, I need to get back out there. He's like, well, I'm not going to make it easy on you. You can get out. And it, when that happened, it was late. And it was like midnight or so. And I had some money that was going to be from the pr- a previous job that from previous employer that I um, was still paying me. Right. Mm-hmm. I had money coming in at like 1 a.m. that oh, that night. So I'm like, fine, I'll just wait outside and take an Uber. So he kicked me out. Basically, I'm out in front and I'm trying to get an Uber. No, my money comes through. No Uber is available like in that York, Maine area. Okay, nothing. I mean, in York, I mean, you're fairly populated, obviously. Right. Other areas of Maine. Right. I'm like, why? I'm like, this is this is York, Maine. We're not in Biddeford. We're not in Sanford, you know? We're not way, we're not way up there, you know? Yeah. It's York. It's busy, it's busy community compared to a lot of other places, parts of Maine. You're right. Like 95% and, of Maine. Yeah. And I couldn't figure nothing, Barbaros. Now his place itself for York, I'll give it to him. It's it's more isolated than a lot of York, probably the yeah. area that it was in. I don't know, but whatever reason. Long story short, I couldn't get it, and um, and now I'm desperate. Like I'm like I'm fiending now. I haven't done fentanyl in a few hours. Um, I'm pissed that I'm outside his home. I'm just irritated all over. And I have some money, too, that just came in, right? So I'm like, I'm going to try to at least, like, get back into his home, even though he said that the doors are all locked, right? Sure enough, I open up a door that goes into the garage, it, you know, it opens. I, <clears throat> I'm i in the garage now. Wouldn't you know, there's keys in his ignition in his truck. Mm. You know what comes next. 
I'm pulling his car out of the out of his garage and heading to Boston with his car. Um, so I make the trip to Boston. He doesn't contact me till like 11 a.m. the next morning when he I think that's the time he probably woke up. Mm-hmm. And um, or at, at least that's when he noticed that his car was gone. And um, yeah, so <clears throat> I end up stealing a freaking car. Not the first time. Hopefully this is the last time. Yeah. Not, not a nice thing to be doing. You know, it's mm-hmm. even worse when you steal cars of friends of yours. It's even worse. Yeah. You know. Sure. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Feel horrible about it. <clears throat> so later that night, I end up doing some some shady stuff in in that area that I was using. Not um. And really, I just leave. I just leave the his truck like parked in an area there. Like I don't you. I don't drive around with it because in that area, it's it's easier to to manage in that to be in that area on foot rather than car. You know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. So the car his car was parked the entire day, evening. And, um, and I do, I end up doing some, some shady stuff that I normally, I've never really done in that area. Um, and I had to get out of there quick, uh, if, if a few people saw me, um, or I was going to, I was going to get into some trouble, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I, I'm out of drugs, out of money. I can't stick around the area where I can hustle. Um, I have nowhere to go. I can't go to the trap house in Lynn because I don't have any money and I don't, and there's no way to make money in Lynn really for someone like me. Um, so I get into his car and I drive to my parents in, mm. North, in North Reading. I show up at their home at three 30 in the fucking morning. Mm. <laughs> I rate, you know, it's a condo, a condominium complex. You know, it's a complex, right? <clears throat> and so I get in the, the doorway there. I'm I'm trying to get buzzed in. And my mom, my mom, just like, you know, just like always, I'll let you in, you know. Mm. Go upstairs. Go, you know, go. Now I'm wrecked. Like I've been up for days. Crap, you know, all types of shit. You know, shoot. Shooting meth, shooting crack, smoking crack, using fentanyl. Yeah. I'm in rough shape, up for days. I go into, I'm in my parents now, and I'm like a dick. Like, I now I hate alcohol, but I need something in my system. Something. Mm-hmm. And I open up there, you know, they don't drink. My dad drinks like twice a year. My mom, I've never seen with alcohol, but they have stuff in the cabinets for if they're hosting like a holiday, you know, to mm-hmm. serve. Um, I open up and I, I pour myself the biggest glass of wa- wine. Mm. And my mom is just like looking at me like terrified out of her mind. And I convinced my dad to go out with me at 4 a.m. to go to find somewhere that's open so I can get a pack of cigarettes. My dad takes me out and we're looking for half an hour for a spot, get a pack, go back to, to their place. And now it's like, before you know it, it was like 6 a.m. And I get on the phone. My mom's like, what are you doing? Who are you calling? 
like I'm calling treatment and I, I called treatment and I was in the, I was admitted by seven 30 that morning. Mm, fast turnaround. Yeah. Can, can you, I mean, walk through your mind frame about, you know, calling treatment right there at your mother's house. Like, I mean, it's, it seems like poetic almost like very kind of, you know, cinematic, <laughs> you know, you're desperate, you're lonely. No one else will take you in. You know, you, you find your way to your mother's house. You know, they've seen you, you know, what, a thousand times over in this kind of state. Still accept you in. Still do these things like go on cigarette runs at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And then, it, you know, for, for you, it opens the door to treatment. Right. I mean, like I'd say... I'd say I was in a I was in a corner like I didn't you know I didn't know like it would be it would be terrible if I just walked out of there because I just gave my my parents some like a touch of hope because I'm there right yeah you're alive right so it would be really bad if I just walked out mm-hmm. if I walk out I gotta know where the fuck I'm going and like I said I was in a I didn't have any other options, like you're saying, like you mentioned, you know. So out of options, yeah, I was just, I was in a, I, I was out of, out of. Um, so you, you can kind yeah. of agree that in that state, you're not necessarily kind of, you know, ready to the next step. But it was like, what the lesser of two evils, would you say? I was not ready. I was not ready to go into treatment, but yet I called treatment. Yeah. <clears throat> hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. You know, I, you and I both have heard stories of other people, like in your same state and condition, where parents, especially, will not even open the door to their active addict child, just because yeah. of you know, in fear of being robbed, in fear of overdosing in their house in fear of kind of, you know, bringing dr- like all that kind of stuff. And so right, right. what do you, what do you think about that as far as your, your parents, you know, haven't kind of like deadbolted the, you know, the door to you in, in these kind of conditions, obviously you're walking in their house at you know three o'clock in the morning, something's up. Like you're, you're not celebrating anything. <laughs> right. So when I go, when like put it in context, I guess, like with my situation, and the way, you know, people that my family is and close friends, like I, I just go, I go missing. So people are like really concerned on whether I'm alive. Yeah. Like that's the focus is where is he? And is he, is he still breathing? Correct. Uh, So for me to, you know, for me to show up and, and be there physically, that's a big deal. Um, Now I think that, I think that for like, I've heard a lot of people, a lot of addicts, active addicts are addicts in recovery tell, share their story and they, they don't hide out like I do or go MIA. Like they're using like at their home or like their family knows where they are, but they're actively using. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So their parents have a good idea or they feel a little more confident that they're alive for some reason. I don't know, but they have an idea of where they are anyways. Yeah. And I think that you hear more of those instances of parents like 
setting like strong boundary and protecting themselves and locking the door and not letting their active son or daughter in their home type of thing. But I think where, where I go missing and people are just like really, really, you know, worried in that way. I think, I think that's why they always let me in. I don't know. It's interesting. And who knows, you know, who knows that may not always, you know, if that the cycle, God forbid, if the cycle continues, that may not always be the case. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, I reached out to you and, you know, I, I think it's okay with, you know, Lindsay, because uh, her and I went back and forth on Instagram about kind of you missing. And of course, yeah, absolutely. Right. For me to, you know, be your friend and, and, and know what you struggle with. That's exactly where I went. I'm like, hmm. yeah. where are you? Are you alive? You know, I text you a bunch of times. Yeah. through like all the contacts <laughs> that I have, you know, with you. And yeah. obviously, you know, you, you, you didn't reply, which is right. you know given, but yeah, just that kind of just a sense of hope about, you know, are you, are you alive? Um, and I think a day or so passed and Lindsay reached out and be like, Oh, he, you know, that story about that, uh, the, the main thing came up. He's yeah. like, oh, he's, you know, he's with somebody, blah, 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 whatever. I was like, okay, I, you know, I, at least yeah. he's, he's alive or whatever. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we just hoped and prayed um, that, yeah. you know, you, you'd find a ticket, you know, to a program. Cause I know, I know there, I mean, you, you know, you succeed. I mean, you're, you're, you're a good client when you're in treatment. Yeah. So let me, so I, I just remembered something too, when you brought up um, Lindsay, my my friend in Maine started contacting people behind my back. <laughs> and I thought he eventually told me, he's like, by the way, I contacted um, your therapist who we have a mutual therapist that we use trauma therapist. So he has my therapist number literally. <laughs> and he contacted someone else behind my back and I got so irritated with that, you know, but I, you just made me remember remember that and how pissy I was about that. And I know like it was all out of love. Like that's the thing. It was all out of like he cared he cares for me, you know? And he was getting scared probably, I'm guessing, you know? So Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm, hey, so I'm so I'm in so I'm in treatment and <clears throat> my insurance is literally I get this insurance thing going on where it's gonna be cut off like at some point this month. And I'm in, I'm in treatment. I'm in inpatient. I was in inpatient and I'm like letting them know, like, I don't know how much longer I have with this insurance before I have nothing. Right. Like, you know, don't worry about it. Take it day by day. And somehow my friend, my friend, um, Jimmy ends up hearing that I'm in treatment again. Right. Now, Jimmy, I've known for for years, for about 15 years since he, um, when he was trying to get sober, um, that's when I met him and I helped him out a little bit. And, you know, he's been clean. He's been sober since, right? So he's been clean about 15 years. Mm. He heard I was in treatment. He's, he works in the treatment field. Um, and he heard I was in there and he reached out to someone at, 
the inpatient program that I was at and it's like, Hey, you know what? I just opened up. I'm opening up this program in, in West Palm beach, Florida. You don't need insurance. You know, well, you know, I, I love you, Adam. You know, I'll just scholarship you there. Don't worry about it. Come down here with me and let's, you know, let's get you, let's get your mind right. You know, mm -hmm. literally just like, another opportunity like how perfect how how perfect is that like i don't need insurance all of a sudden for the first time for like treatment like it's not mm -hmm. needed right and so this falls into my lap where i don't you know i don't need to have that and not to mention i have a good friend that's available that's willing to meet me at logan airport and take the flight down to the new program with with me like to handhold me there you know mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, freaking blessing. I don't. I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, there is a, uh, a, a, a you know, what is it? A, a, a divine intervention here. But I, I think it also speaks volumes out of of the lives that you've affected. You know, in your journey of recovery, right? Because you knew Jimmy from that platform. Right. And he's doing well and he's in essence like returning the favor to a certain degree. That's yeah. why I think for our audience here is that, you know, I, I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Right. Right. It's 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 like one of those things like you, you, you never like leave a job like angry or like cursing up to the boss yeah. or coworkers. Right. Because one day they could be your boss. Right. So it was that same situation is that like Jimmy was at one point in his career you know, in, in his use, desperate and wanted help and hope and, you know, needed people. And that probably happened to him. And now he's kind of returning the favor, you know, to you. So I, I think for folks out there, like, you know, don't turn your, you know, your, your back on people. When people are desperate in need and you're in position to help, you know, help them, yeah. you know, attain some level of recovery or treatment or whatever the case is, because it, it can come back on you uh, tenfold. And, you know, Adam, your, your story, you know, being in West Palm right now, um, I, I mean, to, to me, that's my takeaway. Yep. Yep. So, um, I'll ask that question because in, in, in therapy sessions with clients who kind of go through the same thing, one of the questions I'll ask is like, you know, what did you learn from this relapse? Right. Is there something that you can kind of take away, uh, for self-improvement? And so I'll ask mm -hmm. you that question. Like, what are some of your takeaways to prevent, something like this happening again. Yeah. I mean, I think my takeaways are still evolving. It's still pretty, pretty fresh for me. Um, what happened? But I think that like the important thing, like one of the takeaways is to like, if I'm thinking about using, it's like the most important thing to share that. Mm -hmm. uh, if, I'm, if I'm obsessing, you know, just because I'm obsessing doesn't mean, that I'm thinking about going out and using necessarily either. But if I'm starting to obsess about the substance, I need to share it with someone. Um, and that's something that I, I intentionally, or I, I, I don't, I think I intentionally didn't share that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so the other, the other takeaway is I need to remind myself that even when things are things aren't making sense and things feel like impossible to get through um, or I'm having 
really difficult time, like processing feelings, like I can still go, I can still move through it and I can move through it at however I need to move through it without using. I did. I was thinking too, you were on that episode you did by your, you know, it was just you, you brought up like cycles of relapse that people get stuck in. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you know, every 90-day relapse or every, every six-month relapse or, you know, and I was thinking about that a little bit as well. Yeah. So typically before the seven months clean, I was about four – I was a four-month guy basically for, mm-hmm. a little, for a little while now, right? Yeah. Now I'm thinking about when, when I'm reflecting on the seven months that I had clean – I don't know if you remember, and I shared it. We had an episode all about it, about the audio was horrible, if you remember. It was <laughs> like, it was the psychiatric, I committed myself yeah. episode. And so that was five months clean. I committed myself to the to the psych ward because I was so depressed and suicidal, right? <clears throat> and in some ways... Th- me committing myself was a prevention in relapse, right? Correct. So instead of eventually relapsing at the four or five month mark as what was typical for me, right? Yeah. As was been what was being my my cycle, I ended up I, I made the decision to go to go and to commit myself, right? So I stopped that cycle, but and then a couple months later it you know, it, it revisited itself. Like I felt like, you know, I don't know, trying to, trying to understand it a little bit, you know, like, Oh, because I, I, I didn't continue my cycle at four or five months. And I went into, you know, into mental health treatment, you know, a couple months later, it's back, you know, I don't know, just trying to process it still. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I I think there is some, some of that, you know, a feature that you have to look at is almost like muscle memory, right? Your body, even though your mind might be kind of convinced and strong and healthy and all kind of stuff, you know, like muscle memory, it's kind of conditioned to some type of like self-medicating behavior. You know, let it be like a mental health decline or a, a substance uh, obsession, as you mentioned. It. It's just, you know, really watching for, for those cycles to come out and just really being mindful that uh, you're heading towards that direction again. And what are you going to do differently? Right. Are you going to talk more? Are you going to, you know, um you know, be open and honest, you know, to your support system about, you know, what's happening internally, because, you know, um, there's no predicting it, right? There, there's, you know, relatively no warning signs, kind of like kick up. So, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you did break the cycle. So I think that is a victory mm-hmm. with kind of going right. into, uh, you know, the psychiatric unit. Um, but obviously, there was something more to it that maybe, you know, needed to kind of be uh, uncovered or discovered, uh, mm-hmm. you know, which... You know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, but something to look forward to. You know, starting now uh, into your current journey of recovery, uh, just you know, looking out for patterns and warning signs. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hmm. So this has been but, really good. Thank you. Thank you for helping me. You know, share share this stuff. Yeah. No. This is this 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 is our journey, right? That this is the reason why we came up with it, um, both on the clinical side and, and the personal side of it, and so. Honestly, you know, my intention with you is that, you know, this process is cathartic for you. It benefits you primarily. 
Uh, and then someone listening, right? Someone who is on this journey, uh, either the person going through it or a family member, just getting a little more insight and clarity in terms of, you know, what goes on, you know, internally and behaviorally for folks who struggle. Uh, right, and then, right. you know, folks like me who are on the outside, you know, what do we do with that? You know, how much love, support, guidance, you know, tough love, you know, whatever, uh, mm. you know, we put out there to um, to get you back. And, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're back. Thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so for the folks out here uh, listening, uh, greatly appreciate uh, your support, uh, your kindness, uh, your love and compassion towards Adam uh, in these struggles last few weeks. Uh, I, we sincerely uh, appreciate it. You know, please, you know, listen to us on, you know, Spotify, Amazon podcast, uh, uh, Apple podcast. Uh, you can email us directly, uh, the addict and the counselor at gmail.com. Uh, and, and the show is called The Addict and the Counselor on any kind of podcast platform that you all use. So uh, thank you all for that. And then we're going to go into um, five controversies. It's, 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 it's been weird not doing them without you. Let's do it. I'm, uh, I'm, down. I'm ready. So, so I did a bunch, obviously, um, you know, with Mandy and then with myself. Do you want me to go through them again with you or do you want me to jump in? To no, no, no. I, um... No, because I the episode you did alone, I feel like I did it because I did I did the five controversies with my counselor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you know, I got through it. I did it. Had some fun with them. Um, and then the Mandy one, yeah, that's fine. I don't I don't need to. Those weren't your best ones to be. You know, those weren't great ones, anyways. So. Okay. They weren't anything special. Okay. All right. Let me see. All right. One, two, three, four, five, All right. Three, four. All right. All right. So first one. one you, got, you, got you got some good ones? Oh, we'll see. I mean, you're, you're, right. you're a tough critic with, with the controversies. <laughs> um, so the first one is hand lotion or no hand lotion? Hand lotion. Nothing like, nothing like um, that feeling of my hand just feeling nice and smooth and, you know, it it has that like kind of tingly feeling like right after it's all, it's all moisturized in. I love it. I love it. I'm going to say no hand lotion. I don't like the greasiness. I don't like, I, even the winter time, I do use it. You know, in the winter time, um, yeah. and I actually start to kind of like bleed. I, but I, I try to prolong it as much as possible. But if I had my choice, I would go like no hand lotion, kind of just you know deal with it. Um, and like the, the summertime and like the nicer weather, like nope, nope, don't even touch the stuff. Like I, I've probably had the same bottle of hand lotion for years now. Do you think you don't have the like? Maybe you don't have the patience to make sure, like, like to rub it all in. You know, for the period of time that's needed for it to, you know, not be all greasy fire, however you described it. One of my weird philosophies is, like, lotion companies are not really out to cure hand dryness. They're only delaying the process. That's it. Until Mm. the next time you lotion up. 
It's not yeah. curing dryness. It dries up for the moment, the day, the hour, whatever. And you got to repeat the whole thing. And that's buying their product. So I try to like, I have this, again, this weird <laughs> mentality of like, oh, like eventually my skin's own dermis, own fighting ability will like lube up, <laughs> lotion itself somehow through natural occurrence. Yeah, so what I'm hearing you tell you say to me is that I've been sucked into something that doesn't work and I've been sucked into their lies and oh. all their all their stuff. It's it, it's almost like, you know, those uh <laughs> like hot exercise things. Like if you use this roll on thing, you'll get a six pack in like three months. No, you won't. Because you're not gonna eat right. <laughs> and that's like the only exercise that you need to do. So mm. it's a similar thought pattern with hand lotions all right hearing from all right all right okay all right all right (laughs) not every one of these are a hit people all right so stop judging um next one i think we've talked about this before um but i I think it's been recirculated um scruff versus clean shaven are you are you shitting me right now we did this one you want me to skip it we did it. Are you running out of five controversies? No. Are you running out of controversies? Because we know. have people, all. we have people that that can produce a lot of controversies. Yeah, we want them to produce. If you, know, you need them. help with them. Just reach out for help. It's fine. <laughs> Ask for Ask help. For, Ask for help. It's fine. Well, are, we, are we skipping that one? You may skip it. You want to do it again? Sure. Clean shave for me. You like the scruff. Next. (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, I think you and I have uh, talked about this in our our Danvers days. Um, V-neck tees versus round neck tees. I'm a V-neck guy. (laughs) I think you're a deep V-neck. Look at deep. I I love the V-neck look. The white tee V-neck. I love it. It um, I feel like it brings out like the Italian in me for some reason, right? Um, <laughs> and um, no, no shit on been... Italians. No shit. Hey, no we, we love all kinds of people here. Hey, I'm th- I'm actually thirty seven percent Italian, three three percent Greek, sixty two percent Jew, one percent English. Those are my numbers right there. And I'm not sure if they all add up to 100, but I'm sure it's close to it. Close. Um, and so what I've been doing with my V, I've been wearing, you know, wearing my V-necks per usual. And what I've been doing is shaving the little area. Well, <laughs> I, like, so like I do an annual, this is a little, this might be TMI. Eh, nothing's TMI here, right? I'm not, open, right. open book. So I do, and we talked about this actually, I do an annual chest stomach shave <laughs> you know for <clears throat> for usually i'm in boston so for the summer months usually usually last week like mid-june i'll do like a a stomach chest shave and um but when i got here i still didn't do it and now it's wet i'm like oh this is prime time i got beaches within five minutes you know, within a, a half mile radius, you know, walk, walking, it's less than five minutes to two of them. I'm like, mm. I need to shave my chest and, and stomach. So I do the full shave, but I've been wearing the V-necks 
So I've been wearing the V-necks and I continuously brush up on the that area. That like little the taco meat area. Like I continue to brush, you know, like shave it like every couple of days, you know? So. Yeah. I, I was definitely a, a, a round neck all the way. I, I think definitely some some age range, probably in my late twenties, maybe like even thirties, I would even say like the V-neck started to kind of like poke through. And then uh, now it's really my preference of t-shirt, like, like even under like button ups or just uh, t-shirt, mm. you know, t-shirts all around. Like I feel like the round ones almost like are cutting off circulation to my head. The V-neck's yeah. a little more kind of airy, a little more free, a little yeah. effectiveness yeah. to them. The V-neck versus the round neck. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. yeah. Love the V-neck. I got I got a bunch of I I just got a bunch of colored ones too, light blue, turquoise, yellow, light yeah. like a light yellow V-neck. Um, I have like a like a ma, like a magenta one. I guess I'd call it. I have I have uh, two magentas. Do you? Do you? I don't know how I got both, but I have light, light very light pink one. I, got. I wore a light pink one today earlier. I'm gonna fucking trash that one. Um, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, fourth controversy for tonight. Um, I, th- I for I don't know. I, I think this is a big one. The next two, I think, are 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 are, are fairly big one. Walmart right. versus Target. <laughs> <clears throat> I have trouble going into Target because that's 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 my um. That's my primary um, way of making money is stealing out of Target um, when I'm using. But um, but I prefer Target. I prefer Target. Mm. Um, Walmart's a little... I don't know if this is true or not. I just feel like Walmart's bigger and it's a little more confusing where stuff is. Mm. Target is more laid out. And maybe it's just because I've been in Target a lot more than Walmart. But I... I mean, I've been to Walmart enough, enough where I should know where stuff is. It's just a little more confusing for me in there for whatever reason. Yeah. I was, I, I would say, at a certain point, definitely a Walmart shopper, uh, e- even for food, uh, just because of the prices. Um, but uh, Walmart plays a very, very <laughs> dirty game. And, and like you and I are the same age. And so, like, Walmart's height, I'm going, <laughs> going into history a little bit now, is that. Yeah. They sold their product to Americans as American made. It's an American yeah. company born here. Products are here, you know, America, America, and whatever. And, and, and you know, obviously it, it blew up exponentially. Yeah. Hmm. But I, I find I a certain it. I point. It. Yeah. At, at a certain point, like you go to Walmart and you're like, I thought I'm saving money here, and you're just buying shit tons of stuff because they have everything snacks and candies and groceries and clothing and you know gadgets for the house and yeah you know, electronic like you're gonna be spending more than what you actually win even even their like quote unquote sales is a ploy because you, no one is going for those five sales to Walmart. You end up right. getting 20 more things and those prices are probably equivalent if not more than like other stores. Yeah, I, I've had some yeah. people in my life like work for Walmart, and they also run like a shady business structure where, you know, if they have a store and it has like a hundred employees, like maybe ten employees work full time and have benefits. Those other uh, employees, even if they wanted to, they won't 
allow them to work close to 40, you know, 40 uh, full time because they'll have to end up paying the benefits. That's messed up. That, that, that just yeah. feels wrong. If there's got to right. be a law around that or, and you know, if you ever buy like Walmart, oh. like cabinets or, or drawers or whatever, all made from China, it's shit material. And, it, and you can't construct it and deconstruct it and usually ends up you know, breaking on its own anyways, because it's such cheap material, you know, you know, for the price and everything. So I have a lot of emotions and feelings towards, you know, Walmart. I, it's you a, yeah, it's you wild because the only time that I'll even step foot in a Walmart is like, if I'm down in like Florida or other parts of the U S and I have to like go get groceries. Cause like we're starting an Airbnb or something like that. Like Walmart, yeah. it, like again, once again, mentally sounds cheaper. Um, but right. I prefer target. I like some of their products. I like some of like their, their home related items. I, I think it's a better yeah. quality. Um, and yeah, I, I think their layout, even their lighting at them, I think targets yeah. look, brighter almost like a little more kind of energizing versus yeah. walmart large warehousey feel i'll give it that yeah i give it that too i i get a i have a quick tarjay story if you get a minute go cool. <laughs> so i you know this recent this last relapse i'm down in boston and like i mentioned you know part of my my daily routine is going down to the target at the south bay mall there to, to boost a bunch of purses. That was my, that's my thing down there. Right. And to bur- maybe grab some electronics and stuff. And then I sell it on the street. Right. So, um, so I'm like, okay, this is, you know, my first trip back to, to the target. Now this target, and I've described it before, like there's usually at any time there's 20 to 30 active addicts in there, all boosting, like all at once. Right. <clears throat> and they all have their backpacks on and they're loading up their backpacks. And then once that's once, once they get out of the store, then there's this, this grassy area that's like on their, on the target property, on the target property where we all dump out everything that we just boosted and like organize it. So that's like the picture, right? Mm-hmm. Got like 30, 40 people in there boosting all at once. And you have like usually about 50 people to the side of it in this area with dumping all their stuff out. No one does a damn thing about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I heard, so I, when I, this last time I get down there and I hear through the grapevine, cause every, you know, people talk, they're like, Oh, target really tightened up their security. And it's tough for me to envision that because of all my experiences down <laughs> at that target. Right. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm sure it's nothing, you know, whatever. They're like, no, no, they really tightened up. Be careful, be careful. Like, oh, I'm sure it's nothing. I, I take the walk down. It's like five minutes from Mass Ave area. <clears throat> so I walk down there. I'm like, huh, it is a little quieter, right? I give it that. There's not as many people in that side area organizing their their um, stolen goods. Mm-hmm. And I walk in there. Wouldn't you know? almost just about everything has like uh, an alarm tag on it. Mm. Right. Which was not the case months ago, a year, nine months ago, whatever. Yeah. Nothing had alarms on it. Every electronic, including like the cheap um, phone chargers, like any electronic you can imagine, you had to ask an employee to unlock, you know, get it behind the case the glass which is brand new i'm like shit 
put out. It didn't stop me from asking the employee for two chargers that he went in, grabbed, you know, unlocked the thing, grabbed them and gives them to me. And I still took those right without mm-hmm. paying. But I walk over to my, my bread and, you know, I call it my bread and butter. This is what I focus on is the purses. I snatch four or five of them at a time. Right. And so I go over this, the purses. I swear that was the only like item that didn't have alarm tags on them. Interesting. Like, I know. I'm like, you had, they had tag alarm tags on like $15 items. These are $40 purses and there's no alarms on them. Just like, did, did, did they just not get to them yet? You know? The change so like, Right. So I'm like, oh, lucky me, you know. <laughs> so I, I snatched four or five of them and with the two chargers. And that was my, my initiation back there, unfortunately. But Full I don't know. Behavior. Yeah, that's my that's my Target story. Oh, I can't wait to do one make amends to Target. Oh my God, it's coming soon, Target President. I'm Tar- gonna make amends. To Target, you. big oh. amends, big amends coming there someday. All right, uh, last yeah. one, a- another uh, store related controversy, and I think people are I think people are somewhat passionate about this also, like you know, similar to like Walmart, Target. It's yeah. A kind of- you like either you know one or the other costco versus bj's yeah i mean i was brought up on bj's so i go bj's and i think that's the only reason why is because i was brought up on bj's with my mom and dad we have a similar upbringing sir i was brought up on bj's it has to do be i it must have to do with us being the same age do you think no, what does, what does that have to do with it? BJ still exists now. Yeah, I'm saying we were both brought up on BJ's together. Okay. What does that have to do yeah. with it? Because it was hot at the time of us growing up. Did it really take a genius to figure that out? So you're saying that Costco's were not around? No, I'm saying they weren't as popular. What was popular was BJ's, so hmm. our folks right. were going to BJ's. Maybe I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I, you know, it's, it's wild. Like ever since I've been in Jersey, my wife has like always had like Costco cards because through the company, whatever. Um, and so which kind of like, you know, follows suit. but every time I drive by BJ's, I'm just like, I really want to go in. Like, I really, I really miss the, the, the BJ's landscape, um, yeah. <laughs> but I haven't set foot into it, but yeah, definitely brought up on BJ's, uh, more of a Costco, uh, shopper lately. Um, but definitely decrease our cost, our Costco use because it, it it gets insanely expensive in there. Uh, even though you're buying things in bulk and whatever, but man, yeah. especially in today's time with inflation, whew, hundreds yeah. of dollars gone instantly at Costco. So trying to you know limit our visits there probably like once twice a year max. Hey, I I have one for you. You go into a concert, diaper or no diaper. Shut up. <laughs> Have you heard this? Have you heard what I'm referencing to? Yes, Taylor Swift. Yeah, the Swifties. They're wearing diapers so they don't miss any songs. No. You can still hear the music in the background. Do you hear the diaper or no? I mean, it's, it's no. Taylor Swift. No, it's, you don't want to miss Blank Space. You don't want to miss your favorite lover. Yeah, it's, it's called Hold Living In. A song lasts, what, a couple of minutes? <laughs> 
Move on. <laughs> I wear t-shirts. You wear short skirts. I'm chair captain. And on the bleachers. Now All everyone right. knows that Adam is a Swifty. <laughs> and on that note, we are concluding our episode <laughs> of Adam's return to the podcast. Welcome back. Thank you. Hey, great talking with you. Always, always a pleasure. Good hearing All you. Right. Hey, I'll talk with you soon. We'll do. Later. Bye. Bye.